0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSE. Five, four, three,
1: two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have a lift
0: off. And welcome back into the Bama on Three show. This is your host Clint Lamb sitting here once again with jimmy stein jimmy how are you doing on this i guess it's a monday we're we're now reaching the afternoon point or the noon point um of the of the day how you been doing man
1: i am uh great i'm refreshed from the uh off week uh you know not not an what an off week for us but just in the sense of uh didn't have the uh, stress of an Alabama game on Saturday, and uh, I'm, I'm ready for a football weekend. We're a few days from it, but it's exciting to play LSU. I know this isn't typical or vintage LSU. Uh, I realize what the point spread is, and it's, 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 it is what it is for a good reason, but it's still, man, when it's November and it's cold and you look down on the field and you see that crimson and then you see that purple and gold, uh, that's why we do this. It's fun.
0: It is. And, and there was a part of me, you know, as far as the, the start time, I was all over the place. Um, really didn't want it at, I knew that it wasn't going to be the two thirty game more than likely. Um, but I was kind of, you know, a lot of people and, and ultimately I did settle on the night game being the way to go. Now, the fact that Alabama has had so many night games recently, um, I think this is going to be their fourth consecutive dating back to the Texas A&M game. Uh, you know, there was a part of me that was like, you know, it, it would kind of be nice to get up, uh, you know, get up go ahead and get things rolling, get the game going and then, you know, have the opportunity once the game's over, you know, you talk about probably around the time that it's wrapping up, that 2:30 game would be starting. You know, you'll have to do some work post game, but you can end up seeing the second half of all those that that second slate of games and then seeing all the night stuff. Uh but then, you know, I really started to think about it and and yeah, from that aspect it would probably be better to be an early game, but A, the energy level is not very high in the mornings and, and I think that you know, with this being you know the first game back in Tuscaloosa since 2019, and the way that that whole thing ended up working out, um, you know, I do think that it's it's beneficial that it's a night because the crowd should be into it. I don't care how big of a favorite Alabama is right now. Um, it it's going to be at least in the early stages. Uh, it's going to be rocking in there, I would assume. And then plus, um, you know, you want to get the lights involved, you want to get the crowd involved. Um, so I think they ultimately made the correct choice, and I think it, it ended up working out for Alabama. And, yeah, you know, it'll be another get home at 1 a.m., um, you know, 1, one thirty in the morning kind of thing. But that's just a hey, that's part of it. Not complaining at all. It, it's college football. working to do this every week. Uh, loving every minute of it. But uh, before we continue on, just want to say that we how much we appreciate everybody that's been tuning in. You know, the growth that we saw from a, you know, listenership standpoint uh, from month one to month two was incredible. Um, we're extremely pleased with where things are heading keep, you know, liking the stuff, keep sharing it with all your friends. We're here. We're not going anywhere. And we plan on making this, you know, the, the best Alabama football show, uh, out there. Um, and, and, you know, so we appreciate you guys listening. And I did want to take at least a little bit of time and let people know, because it, we don't exist. You know, I guess we could hop on here and talk to ourselves, um, for, you know, several times a week, but it's all about what you know, the, the, the people who are willing to listen in or, and who are willing to contribute every time we ask for mailbag questions, we get great questions. People are involved. Um, you know, people say how much they enjoy the show and, you know, just the fact that people are listening at the rate that they are and the growth that we're showing this quickly, um, is reflective of that. And I, and I just want to tell how, you know, everybody, how much that, you know, I'm, I'm speaking for Jimmy and myself, but I feel like we're on the same page and how much we appreciate everybody being willing to tune in to the Bama on three show.
1: Oh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. And, uh, and hopefully it will uh, continue to grow. We love doing it. And the way I look at it is I know most everybody that listens to the show are real busy people living busy lives. And maybe you don't have the time uh, that you would like to devote to uh, reading the Internet all day and going to multiple websites and going, of course, to the BCS board, the Alabama on three board and and, and the Alabama on three site. And you don't have enough time to do all that. Maybe. Uh, what you can do, though, is, uh, is listen to, to Clint and I nearly daily, nearly daily during the week, and, uh, and that can catch you up. That's you, you, all you need to know. We're, we're not going to uh, not discuss whatever the Alabama football topic of the day is. We feel like if you listen to our show, then you're caught up. You know not only exactly what's happening and going on and the things you need to know, but our opinions about those things, and y'all are free to agree or disagree, and we have the ongoing communication going where you can tweet at me and Clint anytime with questions or comments, and uh, and we frequently run the mailbag if, if you guys have questions. So thanks for uh, for finding us and uh, and, and tuning in. Uh, it, it's it's totally appreciated. We don't we don't take that lightly at all.
0: A hundred percent. And you know it, we're so fortunate to get to do what we do. You know, and, and you know just it's like I said, we couldn't do it without the listeners and their. You know them being willing to participate, uh, you know actively participate, and it's not just you know throwing questions out there. Throw questions out there. They're all thoughtful. They're all you know engaging. It allows us to kind of expand on things, and and I love that. And, And I did say from the beginning of the show, eventually what we plan to want to do is get some of the listeners on the show. You know, give them the opportunity to kind of you know as long as you're. You know, your behavior is, you know, acceptable, yeah. not saying you can't get passionate or upset, but just, you know, got to limit those cuss words um, and, you know, yeah. can't say anything you're not supposed to. Uh, but as long as we can trust people to do that, we fully plan on having, you know, more interactive with the listeners uh, episodes in the future. So be on the lookout for that Uh, today. You know, there's let me t- go ahead and I guess we can dive into the schedule for the week because I think that's pretty important today. There are several just random topics that we're going to be talking about a little bit um, you know, tomorrow we're going to be doing a mailbag episode. That's going to be fun. So if you got any questions, shoot them, you know, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's Twitter account at QB underscore country. You can send them to me on Twitter at Clint R. Lamb. Um, you know, you can hop on the BAM on three message board. I'll be putting up something, asking for questions. I'll also be putting it on Instagram, you know, at Clint R. Lamb as well if you're on that and you know, you're know, you sometimes people prefer to use Instagram and I always get a lot of great questions on there as well, or at least I have in the past when I've done it. So I'm going to start utilizing that a little bit more. Um, but so we're going to have a mailbag episode tomorrow and then Wednesday with the college football playoff rankings being released on Tuesday evening. Um, we're going to be talking about them first thing Wednesday morning and, and allowing you guys to get our reaction Um, So that's going to be Wednesday's episode, and then Thursday we're talking LSU, and there's going to be a lot to talk about. I understand that Alabama is a big favorite, and you know LSU is is not in a great place, but there's still things to talk about, and it's not only about Saturday's game; it's big picture stuff, you know, things that we want to see. Um, But in you know, so that's kind of the 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 current schedule, and then Friday we may or may not have something as well. I might be doing something on my own, like a a first in ten episode uh, just depends on you know sometimes there's there's not really enough news related stuff where people you know even if it's for ten or fifteen minutes um, if it's something that's worth talking about that I think people would want to hear and listen to then I certainly try to do a first in ten but I don't you know you know I I think we're getting plenty of content out there at the moment um so that's kind of the structure and but you know getting four episodes out with the both of us on it this week. I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, I think it's it's always better when you're on here with me. I always enjoy hearing your take. And I got to be honest with you, last week, which was completely understandable, but you not being able to be on, uh, we tried to give it a go, and and it, it wasn't working out. And so I did it on my own. I figured it out real quick. It, the, every time that I would bring up a position or a player talking about that All Alabama team, um, I, I kept wondering, man, I just I really would be curious to know what Jimmy thinks about this. Uh, so. <laughs>
1: It was a great, I mean, like I commented on the board, uh, so awesome to have have so many options. I mean, who, who else has options? Other people, other schools that want to do a similar exercise, they have a, well, okay, when it gets down to wide receivers, we have two in the NFL, so these two will have to be on our, Alabama has options at almost every single position on the field. There's multiple options, which is fun. Also, uh. Hate that I I couldn't uh, fully participate because uh, we actually disagreed for the first time ever in the history of the show, which is funny. We take some uh, <laughs> we take some uh, crap for always agreeing, and right off the bat, uh, when, when we were trying to take, before, I had technical difficulties. Uh, we we disagreed even about the quarterback, so we probably would have disagreed at a bunch of positions. But hey, that's not the the point. The point is that there are so many options that reasonable minds can disagree. Uh, that's what it's just incredible what Nick Saban has built at Alabama over time and hey there's a there's more to come Uh, we got to get through this season and uh, and hopefully it'll end with the championship but i look forward to one day uh, probably let's say uh, after signing day we'll probably on our show focus a lot on the NFL draft and uh, and and what's the next batch of Bama players heading to the NFL and 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 where might they go in the draft I, I I love doing that I can talk about that stuff for weeks.
0: One hundred percent. And I mean, you even look back and just the what was added. You added a backup quarterback, a quality backup quarterback in Mac Jones in this past years. You added another fantastic running back in Najee Harris, more depth at the receiver position, offensive lineman, you know, throwing Alex Leatherwood and Landon Dickerson and even Deontay Brown in there. Um, you know, that added depth options at the position defensively, Christian Barr more, um, you know, Patrick Sertan. Uh, at corner who is a backup you know at least on my list he was I Trevon Diggs and Marlon Humphrey is the two starting perimeter guys but you know good. oh yeah pretty yeah good. I mean mm-hmm. having Sertan as your number three corner or perimeter corner um is just phenomenal but you know you're 100% right just having options and most people that would do this list it would be like okay here's the list and how do you think they would do you know with us it's not only just creating the list it's you're you having to have debates on who you're going to include on the 53 you're having to have debates on who's going to end up starting you know a guy like julio jones is he kind of past the point of you wanting him to be your starter or do you still feel like he's good enough where some of those younger guys you want to give them some time to become the superstars we all think they're eventually going to be you know it's just it's a fun debate and and every year as they add more and more guys and what i really would like you know i don't want it to happen this offseason obviously um at least for alabama but eventually having will reichard in the nfl is going to take care of a lot of problems because that's one of the big things that you look at is uh, well you know a lot of these games nfl games can come down to game-winning kicks or making extra points and if you don't have a guy that can knock them down consistently that can be a big issue so that's one you know used to as quarterback back when you know Tua became a big deal I was doing those all Alabama uh articles and you know I can remember man I can't wait for Tua to get into the NFL because then we'll be able to include him on this all Alabama list and it should look a lot better because back then it was just AJ McCarron pretty much was the only option and now there's you know, four different options that you can choose from. If you're including Jalen Hurts, and even if you're not, you got a great starter or you know, a a solid starter, you got a great backup. And you also got AJ McCarron as a number three guy if you wanted him. So it's uh it it is very cool. I always enjoy doing that. And that's why when, you know, the the question was asked, I, I was like, we gotta do an entire episode on that. So we'll we'll do an updated one uh down the line. But there's a there is a lot to talk about, whether it be you know, with Alabama coming off the bye week. Before we get into that though Um, extremely unfortunate news about Derrick Henry, you know, ended up suffering. I think it was a stress fracture in his foot. It's it's something with his foot.
1: It's the foot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fractured foot. And boy, what a, what a blow for the Titans. (laughs) What a blow for Alabama fans. that like rooting for Derrick every week, but Hey, that's something you can bounce back from. He should be a hundred percent in the spring. And I just hate at the height of his career he's in his prime what is so productive and and for it to happen is is unfortunate but that's uh that's football
0: well and and very secondary but you know r.i.p to my fantasy team um (laughs) (laughs) i ended up taking him in the first round and i felt good about it i understand i didn't really expect the titans to start utilizing him that much more as far as in the passing game but I just thought from a, even though it was a PPR league, I felt good uh, about him having, you know, because he's a lot of people were concerned. Hey, you know, normally when you come off a 2000 yard season, and you've gotten close to 400 uh, carries and Derek had had 300 plus for the past two seasons. Everybody right. thought that, uh, you know, this was a, a, a year for regression. And I guess, you know, maybe all those carries did catch up to him a little bit with this injury. I don't know. I don't know if those two things are correlated. I know people, some people are, you know, making that leap, I'm not willing to go there, but I, I guess it, there could be a connection, but, uh, you know, it was just, I felt really good about it. he was the number one fantasy running back. They were utilizing right. him in the passing game and then the PPR league. Now you're adding an extra, you know, four or five points to pretty much every week, you know, a couple of catches for 20 yards or so. Um, you know, it was just, it was things were rolling good. Um, but that it, more importantly for Derek. I mean, I, I, he was on pace to have back to back 2000 yard seasons, um, yeah. and which is it's, just wild.
1: It's making, it's not just leading the league. It's, it's making history. When you do that, you, things will be talked about for a long time and do stuff like that is what puts you in the, uh, in the hall of fame and, and on the first ballot. I mean, and, and that's why I hate that, that Derek in the midst of the best production of his career goes down, but boy, that's, that's, that's football. I mean, uh, Alabama's current team uh, has uh, had its own injury issues. It hasn't been debilitating so far, but we've lost two high quality players for the season and Christopher Allen on defense and Jace McClellan on offense. And it's made a difference. It's made a real difference. Uh, it, again, it hasn't been debilitating because Alabama has such a deep talent pool. Um, uh, the Titans I'm sure do not have a second Derrick Henry. This is going to really, uh, hurt them. Uh, but Hey, that's, that's, that's literally football every single season. Saints lost their uh, starting quarterback yesterday's and, uh, that's, uh, that's football. Part of it is what makes interesting is the uh, the teams that adapt, the teams that have depth move on. And I know on our ranking show tomorrow when we discuss or, or our ranking show Wednesday, when we discuss uh, the college football rankings, one of the things I'm going to bring up, Clint, is, you know, I, 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 I this is one of my sayings about football is in September, uh, you have a handful of surprising losses. And then in October, uh, there's even more losses. And in November is when everybody starts losing. Uh, there's a lot more losses in November and these rankings are really going to get shaken up because now losses will start piling up. And a huge part of that Clint is the depth, uh, as the season progresses more and more kids get banged up more and more kids get hurt and college football teams generally just don't have the depth to replenish when you're talking about losing a frontline starter. So, uh, you know that that's really the college football season the race for the playoff it really gets started now uh you know this is jockeying for position and now it's starting because i'm telling you there's going to be some losses this weekend there's only one game of ranked versus ranked that's auburn versus texas a&m but i assure you several ranked teams will lose this saturday
0: i, I can't say that i disagree um you know uh and when you're looking at you know alabama and and kind of where they're uh, you know, in the, in the thick of things, you know, it's crazy because it's a matter of maintaining. That's what becomes difficult at this point in the year. A, you've got guys that are banged up, but B, you know, Georgia right now, they've got all the momentum. They've got all the hype, especially that defense. You know, everybody thinks that that defense is, you know, unstoppable, like, or or impenetrable, I guess is the word to use. And there's this added pressure each and every week to live up to the standard that you've set for yourself. And having the ability to, to live up to that standard on a week-in, week-out basis, that's difficult. And, and it's not just Georgia's defense. This is teams all across the country. And that's why you'll see teams start to drop off at this point. They've, they've heard how great they are for eight weeks, nine weeks. You know They've won several games. They've beaten teams handedly. And they start getting in their own heads and thinking, you know what? They haven't won a championship yet. The, the the goal has not been accomplished. And yet you'll see players start to say, you know what? We're, we are, you know, really good defensively, or we are very good offensively and we're a great football team. And, you know, I don't think that we'll have to prepare quite as hard as I was at the beginning of the year, cause we're so darn good. And then the end up, you know, that's how you get beat. Um, that's why you see it at this point in the year with teams, you know, especially teams that, you know, remain perfect. Um, you know, it it will be curious uh or interesting to see how it all ends up playing out. And I can't wait to uh to talk about the college football playoff rankings on Wednesday, uh where the committee ends up having, you know, Cincinnati, you know, where they end up having Alabama. I wouldn't be shocked if Alabama was the number two team, even though they they're number three in the AP and the coaches poll. I don't know, you know, how the committee is going to view Cincinnati. I also wouldn't be shocked if Michigan State, when you really look sure. at it, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were the number two team. Because and I think they should be higher in both the polls currently right now. I understand it's Michigan State and you know it. it, Michigan kind of tends to you know not live up to expectations, and so now people are questioning: Are they really this really good team that we all thought they were? I think they are a very good football team. I just think that Michigan is a very good football team as well, and they had the guys step up at the right time. They got to win, but we'll be diving into that further on Wednesday. Um, But you know, going back to something else that we were talking about before. Speaking of injuries and stuff like that, and you said the Saints lost their starting quarterback. Um, Man, I I don't know. I I really, I'm not entirely sure that Tua is going to remain a Miami Dolphin. With the way things are trending, I don't know. I I did read a report that said that trade talks had broke down, um, and that you know that's they had a deal in place, and then they started to realize that it looked like Deshaun Watson was going to be settling a lot of his civil suits. And that made the Texans at the last second want to increase their price and the dolphins weren't willing to meet it, but there's still some time before tomorrow's trade deadline and we'll see what ends up happening. And and that's as unfortunate as that is. I've watched this stuff with Tua, uh, go on long enough. I kind of want him out of Miami. I just think from, you know, you got to think not only is it a matter of, you got to get rid of your head coach. You probably need to get rid of your GM. He's not evaluating talent. Well, either he's not evaluating it well, or, uh, your, your, your coaching staff is not developing it well. And especially along the offensive line, that's been a major issue for the dolphins, but you know, you, not only is it a matter of, you know, getting the GM probably replaced the head coach, the offensive line coach has been terrible getting an offensive coordinator in there that you can trust in my opinion, at this point to uh, going elsewhere. Um, what I think would, if you, you wonder for, you know, if getting traded in your second season, what that does to your psyche but i think his psyche's already been affected i think his best shot to get back on track is to get somewhere where he's wanted and i don't know that the new orleans saints would be a team that would be interested um from a you know uh i just think that with Jameis winston being on a one-year 12 million dollar deal this year he's going to be a free agent he's played extremely well with sean payton or in sean payton's offense i think that they would not be you know uh they would not be upset in bringing him back, but ha- has he exceeded his expectations even with that injury enough to where he's going to command a much larger price? Because the the Saints have been strapped for for cash as far as their salary cap for the right. last several years. You can bring Tua in; he's in the middle of his second season. You still at least got him for two and a half more years. Maybe you know with that fifth year option, uh, you know three and a half more years on a rookie deal. You can't really beat that. Uh, and I just think with you know having Sean Payton there, a great offensive mind who knows how to build around his quarterbacks and keep them protected, they do a great job of not only being willing to invest in the offensive line but evaluating the position correctly and being able to get the right guys in there. They do a great job. They play in a dome. It would be a controlled environment at, at, for at least half of two of his home games. Uh, I think from a weapon – you'd have Alvin, Alvin Kamara in the backfields. So you'd have a great run game. You'd have a nice complementary defense. I don't I think Michael Thomas and Tua would work extremely well together. I think their skill sets would. I don't know if the the relationship between the Saints and Michael Thomas is repairable at this point. But uh even if not, you know, the receiving group or the pass catchers wouldn't be great. Uh, but I think it would be, you know, everything else is in place. I and mean, you can work on that stuff later. But I'd love for the Saints or, you know, I've also heard of the Broncos. I don't think that's very viable at this point. But the other big team has been the Washington football team. And I like that as well. Their offensive line's underrated. They got Antonio Gibson, a great pass catching back, who's also a good runner. They got some weapons in the passing game with Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. And, um, you know, he he would be reunited with Cam Sims, I guess, as well. Um, But what, what are your thoughts on Tua? And, you know, would you rather him stay in Miami? Would you rather him move on? Just, you know, general thoughts on what's been going on with him lately.
1: No, I mean, so many of my thoughts uh, mirror yours, as usual. (laughs) And and, and I'm I'm, uh, really disgusted by how Miami has treated Tua, and I'm not talking about the fans uh, or the team. Uh, It seems to me that the majority of comments I read from Dolphins fans that have nothing to do with Alabama seem to be highly supportive of Tua. Um, And the team certainly is. It is the ownership and the uh, front office, and to some extent the head coach, uh, I think have – it's just been deplorable tua is clearly the least of the dolphins problems and because of the stance they've taken with deshaun watson they're sending the message that tua is the problem we're not we've got to upgrade at quarterback dude you've got to upgrade 21 spots on the field quarterback is the least of your problems and by uh, all this flirting with uh, with with maybe a potential felon deshaun watson It's just been real embarrassing to me. I I, I'm fine. It's so bad. I'm I'm fine with Tua being sent to Jacksonville to to back up Trevor. I mean I mean (laughs) that's how much I want him out of of Miami and because he's just not been treated fairly. New Orleans would be unbelievable as for all the reasons you stated. Uh, It's an ideal situation. What's weird is Tua was so often compared to Drew Brees. Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
1: just like just like Mac Jones has made such a quick positive transition to the NFL so much of it was about fit and you know Mac is a lot like Tom Brady and that really worked well (laughs) in New England. Uh, Tua is a lot like Drew Brees that may work really well in New Orleans so I would love it I just don't know how realistic it is for as you pointed out salary cap Uh, Jameis Winston was was playing well uh, before the injury or well enough I, I doubt that New Orleans felt like that Jameis was a huge problem for them in terms of his production on the field. So uh, interesting in my area, I don't know if this will happen, but uh, you know, one of our local high school coaches here is Philip Rivers. Uh, we're just two and a half hours from New Orleans. Phillip has, uh, has not, uh, has said that uh, once his high school season is complete, uh, that he would entertain offers uh, if a team lost their quarterback and needed someone for the stretch drive. That's exactly what's happened here. Uh, Philip with his extensive experience in the NFL I think could, could learn that offense and play for Sean Payton quicker than anyone else. Uh, I would love for them to do the three-way trade and, 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 and to end up in New Orleans. That's, that's ideal, and I would be really happy about that. Personally, I just wonder if for the Saints specific situation, if, uh, if picking up a Philip Rivers for the stretch drive might not be the wiser thing to do if they're really comfortable with Jameis as a, their quarterback going forward.
0: If they had signed Jameis to a, a a long a longer term deal than one year, and you didn't have to worry, I, I guarantee you, if they want Jameis back, I'm sure he would do everything in his power to get back. But you know, are they are they priced out? You know, did he has he done enough this season? Because there, there have been a couple low points too. I don't think sure. anybody's looking at Jameis and thinking, oh, this guy's a franchise quarterback now. Um, I'm, uh, but at the same time, I think he's worth a lot more than 12 million. And with the Saints cap situation, I'm just not entirely sure they can afford him. Um, right. I could be wrong with, that. I think for, for 2022 right now, I think they're like 50 or $60 million over the limit right now. And they don't even have, you know, even close to 53 players, um, that they, you know, have, you know, committed that money to. So they're going to have to do a lot of restructuring as it is. They're going to have to cut some guys and, and, you know, are, can you, you know, would you rather go And then granted there's, there's draft picks involved. I don't know what the dolphins would want for Tua. uh, you know, you've been kind of not putting them in a great situation to succeed. You know, you've, you've had people that have kind of been talking a little bad about him. I mean, I I just don't think his trade value, you know, I don't know what it is, Um, but I do think, you know, people are going to compare it to Josh Rosen. Uh, You know, he ended up going to Miami. Uh, He was in a similar situation as Tua the year before. You know, the offensive line was terrible. The weapons weren't great. Didn't have a complimentary run game. The defense was not what it was last year, uh, so he didn't even have that. Um, There was a lot of dysfunction He's kind of bounced around, was with the 49ers, didn't show a lot there, did some good things in the preseason with the Falcons. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's, he's still with the Falcons. I could be wrong, but um, I just think that, you know, a little, and he's getting replaced by a guy who had never taken a snap in the NFL. You know, I think, too, uh, from a psyche standpoint, uh, you know, when you might be upset at the fact they're taking a risk with his off-the-field stuff, but Deshaun Watson on the field, he's a top-five quarterback in the league, no doubt Agreed. about it. So, Agreed. you know, from his standpoint... I'd be like, yeah, I'm getting replaced, but it's kind of like Tim Tebow. Uh, when when they brought Peyton Manning in, it's like Peyton Manning was like one of the only guys at that point that could have gotten the Broncos off of Tim Tebow. Um, I, I mean, now granted, Tim didn't didn't go to the Jets and and have a lot of success, or the Patriots, or the Eagles, or you know wherever else he ended up playing. Uh, but at the same right. time, I, I you know Sam Darnold was one that I thought would be a good example. You know, he started off the season great for the Carolina Panthers after just being. Tr- garbage uh with with the New York Jets for his first few seasons. But then they lose Christian McCaffrey early in the year. That entire offense is built around Christian McCaffrey. A lot more fell on Sam Darnold's shoulders and he hadn't played nearly as well. Uh I don't right. think that's necessarily fair. He's a gunslinger and you know when when defenses are keying in on that because they're not worried about having McCaffrey on the field, you can uh you can take advantage. Um and and he just hadn't looked as good, but I think Tua, uh, you know, sometimes guys, you know, because of Phillip Rivers, that's what kind of allowed Drew Brees to hit the free agent market, almost went with the Miami Dolphins, signed with the Saints. And, you know, he was good with the Chargers. Um, but, he, I mean, he became something else entirely in New Orleans. And I really do believe that, that Tua could do the same thing. The problem is – is I'm not entirely sure either that that's the route the Saints want to go. I think ultimately, you know, Trevor Simeon ended up playing yesterday at quarterback. I think that's because they have been using Taysom Hill at a lot of other positions, and he just hadn't been getting quarterback reps enough for them to feel comfortable making him the, the guy or putting him into the lineup at that point. Now now that they've got an, uh, an, uh, or an entire week uh, to prepare, I wouldn't be shocked if Taysom Hill ends up being the quarterback. I also wouldn't be surprised if they stuck with, with Trevor, Trevor Simeon they might decide to ride out this season and then see what they can do to get Jameis Winston back. And because, you know, they've made some trades, um, they might not have the draft capital. I haven't looked into, you know, logistically what it would take for them to get to it, what they'd have to part with. But from everything I know, it, uh, you know, um, I just think that the fit would be incredible. And now the rest of it, you know, someone could come in and be like, Oh, they, there's no point in them doing that. Um, we would just have to kind of wait and see, but we'll find out a lot to, uh, at the end of tomorrow. And I wouldn't be shocked if he remained a Miami Dolphin, you know, I, I'm not saying that I'm completely ruling that out. I just, at this point before I was hoping, Hey, don't make this deal. Don't ship him out, uh, you know, a year and a half into his right. you know NFL career. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, please, you know, get him out of there. Uh, he deserves so much better than you guys. Yep,
1: yep. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm, I'm frustrated with them too. I think two has played really well. I think, what they would have to trade away to get him is interesting because you know, the saints have such a good record, you know, they could end up with, you know, the 20th, 25th pick somewhere through there, 20 through 25. And you're like, you know, if you, if you drafted, you know, redrafted that class, two is still going to go higher than 20 to 25 to me. So he might be worth a first round pick and the dolphins could use a first round pick. Cause I got to send a bunch of them to Houston to get Watson. So uh, maybe, maybe th- this three-way deal could work out, but uh, I-, I know this, I'd be very excited if Tua was a Saint, just not because I'm, I'm a Saints fan, which I am, but uh, oh. such, well, I mean, they're local to us here in Mobile. Mm-hmm. And so I-, I tend to pull for the Saints. I- I'm, I'm, I'm more of a NFL wise, I'm more of a root for the Alabama guys and I am a specific team, but I'm also a root for the local team guys. So I like the Saints. I like the Falcons. I like the Titans uh, just because they're just sort of the local teams to, to, to Alabama. Uh, but generally, I'm, I'm more, I mean, I, you know, tonight, uh, you know, the Chiefs play the Giants and, you know, I'm, I'm going to root for the Giants. I know they're a long shot, but they got the two Alabama guys and uh, that coaching staff has so many Alabama ties. I mean, I, I'm just generally for the Alabama dudes, but uh, but if I had to pick one team that I pull for more than the others, it's probably New Orleans. So I, I would be excited uh, for sure uh, as, as somebody that pulls for the Saints to have two of their, but it's the fit. It's the fit, Clint. He, he, he is a fit with Sean Payton and what Sean Payton wants to do. Uh, I, I think he's literally could be the next Drew Brees, not, not literally that he can match all the numbers Drew put up for as long as he did, but his skill set is so similar, uh, he could just be a great fit there.
0: And you know, I, that why would that not be appealing to, to Sean Payton? You know, you won with that style of guy, and I mean, maybe he just doesn't believe that Dua will will be that guy. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just think that there are so many things, um, and, and I'm not a huge the reason I like the Saints so much, and I'm pushing this even though I think they're like out of the teams that you would even consider, I think they're the least likely. I think Washington would be probably the most likely. I think Denver would probably be second. If there was going to be a second, um, I would probably put you know start putting New Orleans and some of these other random teams you know third at that point. But Washington, I just worry. I want him to go, if he's not going to be, if they're going to not commit to him in Miami and they're going to be willing to trade for Deshaun Watson, I want his next spot because that's going to be so crucial to where his headspace is at. If he fails in two places, it's kind of like Josh Rosen. He ultimately, you know, he showed some flashes with the Arizona Cardinals, but he ultimately fell because they shipped him out. He ends up with the Miami Dolphins and he fails there. His career, you know, it, it would be very hard to ever recover from, from that. And I worry about Washington's front office and the the dysfunction of that franchise. On the field, Ron Rivera, I think, has done a pretty good job. I think from a, a talent standpoint, they're in a good, pretty good place. They already got several Alabama players, so the familiarity with some of those guys I think would be, would be great. Um, I just, you know, I would hate for him to get there and then all these bombshell stories come out and then it becomes not about the team, it becomes a bunch of distractions and, you know, it's all just, you know, it's a, it's a huge mess. Uh, I wouldn't want him to be a part of that. Um, you know, for me, if it wasn't the New Orleans Saints. Next ideal for me, just in the mile high city with the Denver Broncos, I think would be great. Jerry Judy's there. You had a great connection with him, probably more so than you did Jalen Waddle uh, or, you know, Devontae Smith or, you know, even Henry Ruggs III. Back when two was the quarterback, it was Jerry Judy. They were all about each other. Um, and then you also got Cortland Sutton, you got Noah font at, at tight end. You got a couple of running backs with Javante Williams and, and, uh, Melvin Gordon. Wow. Um, you know, you got a good offensive line. It's not great, but it's definitely improved as long as Garrett Bowles doesn't end up holding 30 times a game. Like he tends to do sometimes wow. defensively pretty good. Uh, you know, so I, I would, I would like that fit as well. And I think that'd be a clear path to playing time. Cause I think Terry Bridgewater's okay, but it feels like they've given up on drew lock. Um, Who knows? But uh, we spent a lot of time talking about it. I'm fascinated by it because, you know, he's Mac Jones. This is why environment in your situation is so important. This is why it was actually a good thing that Mac Jones fell down to number 15, you know, because he ended up in the perfect situation. And is he like lighting the world on fire with his numbers and stuff? No, but you can clearly see that, that the uh, New England Patriots are a better football team when Mac Jones than they were last year with cam newton and the future looks so much brighter because he's in the right situation and that's why i'm pushing new orleans so much because i just feel like that's the right situation for him on a surface level there's a lot of nuances behind the scenes that i probably don't know about that may or may not fit um but anyways um i would just i would love to see him have success and i know that there are so many other people who would and i would just love for you know you know, Minka, they end up shipping him out to the Steelers and he becomes an absolute superstar. You know, it was it kind of like the, it's kind of nice to say, Hey, yeah, you weren't utilizing this guy correctly. He had superstar potential and you were trying to do too much with him. And I want to be able to say the same thing about Tua in his next, uh, next destination. If there is one where he could end up sticking around with the Miami Dolphins, but they better do a lot more, Uh, you know, get rid of the offensive line coaches too an experienced, you know, get yourself a better talent talent evaluator uh, or a better coaching staff to develop the talent, whatever you need to do, you need to do something to help the guy out a little bit more. Um, the last thing that we'll talk about today, we've already been going. Uh, yeah, we probably only got a, a few more minutes here. Um, so, you know, we actually might wait. It's a, it's a great talking point. I think it's going to be pretty extensive. So, so we'll wait on that, but is there anything out of the coming out of the bye week uh, for Alabama with LSU now on the horizon? And then you also got the rest of the season, kind of the the last leg, of the season, the last four games. What's like probably the number one thing that you're looking out for? You know, heading into this game, and just that you want to see coming out of the bye week, if there is one thing in uh, in particular.
1: Well, you don't have to play your best game of the year to beat LSU. Uh, Alabama doesn't have to look like the number one team in America this weekend against LSU. Uh, for Alabama to have the season that that we all want, Alabama to have they have to play their best game of the year uh, in Atlanta against Georgia and their second best game of the year, very possibly at Auburn uh, against Auburn. So to me, it's like, what do you have to do in these next three games to put yourself in a position to play your best game of the year? Uh, For one, that means health. You got to stay healthy uh, and and have the best personnel possible going into those games to develop confidence, maybe in, places where there hasn't been a lot of confidence yet. Uh, You had a great story today on on On3 about the tight ends, Latu and Billingsley, uh, making them a part of things uh, that they need to regain some confidence. I mean, they just haven't been big producers in October like they were in September. Uh, Let's get those guys back on track. But I think developing some confidence in places that you haven't been confident staying healthy and getting healthy, getting Drew Sanders back, for instance. Um, here's a great point. I, I went back and, and looked at, 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 at some notes following the Miami game, You know, which is the first game we see after a spring and summer of questions. You know, what, What's this going to look like? What's that going to look like? We made the point, Clint, me and you, we made the point that the offensive line, the five guys that were starting the Miami game, hadn't played together. They, they weren't the offensive line in the spring. They weren't the first team offensive line this summer. They weren't even the first team offensive line the first two weeks of camp. A lot of those guys were banged up. They, they changed centers late uh, in the fall camp. And we said going into Miami game, hey, you know, these five guys haven't played together. This is a position we need to worry about. Well, it seems like eight games late, later, we've forgotten about all that. But the fact is the offensive line has played better and let's give them some credit. They came a long ways. This is just really their eighth week of playing together, if not, you know, ninth week. And in that vein, if you look at it that way, really hasn't been that bad. And, you know, they're only going to get better. I think they're just now developing a chemistry. The offensive line is the team within the team. Uh, They need uh, chemistry. Uh, experience and reps working with each other. So I think the offensive line is going to continue to get better. The defensive line has also shown that, that uh, you know, that, that to me they've gotten better. Again, it's slow. It's not linear. It's kind of two steps forward and then one step back, but it's improved over time. Uh, another position along with tight end, as you pointed out, I think inside linebacker's been a little better lately. And I think it's also the position that could really move Alabama to another level defensively. If Christian Harris and Henry To Oto start playing as well as they're capable of playing and we get outstanding play from that position, that could really change the defense. And I think it's possible that that could happen. So what I'm looking forward really to Clint is improvement, not – not winning 65 to nothing and us winning that game and saying, well, that was our best game of the year. That would be nice, but to me, it's not necessary. To me, what's necessary is health, improving, especially in spots where you haven't been great, and just preparing yourself to play the best game of the whole year, that first Saturday in December in Atlanta, and the second best one the week before that, Uh, because that's what it's going to take for Alabama to achieve a championship. You're not going to win a championship this weekend against LSU, but you can prepare yourself to win one later.
0: You hundred percent can. And, you know, I think that for the offensive line, you know, we'll get to see kind of how much they've improved this LSU defensive line. It hadn't been fan, <clears throat> fantastic, but there are a lot of players, you know, BJ, uh, BJ Ojolari, you got Mason Smith, you got Neil Farrell, who has been, you know, kind of a rock in there on the interior of their defensive line. You got uh, Glenn Logan, kind of a rock on the interior of their defensive line. They're pretty deep. They're talented. Uh, they've had some production. You know, I want to say that they're, you know, one of the better teams in the SEC as far as sacks that they've produced. They do a lot of stunts and and, and twists and things pretty well. And Alabama has been confused by that over the course of, the, you know, the first eight games of the season. So how do they improve, you know, following the bye week, you know, getting that extra week of practice, kind of regrouping a little bit, I'll be curious to see how they end up handling uh, LSU's defense front. Which I'm not saying that it's going to cause them a ton of issues, and they're going to put pressure on on Bryce, um, and that they're you know not going to Alabama's not going to be able to run the football. I think Bryce has success. I think the run game's definitely going to have success. This is a great week for Brian Robinson Jr. and Roy L. Williams, but I just will be curious to see just how effective and are there any lapses and struggles you know from Chris Owens? He's going to be facing. You know, Mason Smith, the true freshman five-star who's a big-body guy. You know, he's playing out there on the edge, but he's like 6'6", like 285 or something like that. He's built more like a 3'4", you know, interior defensive lineman. He's got some explosion off the football. You know, he's not a a great – the functional athleticism isn't exactly there to an elite standard, but he's got a lot of likable traits, and he's going to have a bright future uh, both both for LSU and eventually on the NFL level. He's second on the team in sacks with four. Three of those have come – against uh i want to say it was, was it was a mcneese state or was it uh central michigan or one of those smaller schools the other one came in sec play uh but you know a good football player and you know, I, th- I think a lot of the time he lines up on the left side is to the left end so it'll be going against chris owens quite a bit assuming that chris owens uh remains the starting right tackle which i fully expect him to um and, and we'll just kind of see how things end up playing out from there but this has been a lot of fun we'll talk a lot more about alabama and lsu uh later on in the week And we're going to, I'm sure we'll get some mailback questions about it tomorrow. So we'll talk a little bit tomorrow about it. Talk a lot about it Thursday. And then also college football playoff, just our reaction to where people are ranked and you know, what we think, you know, should look different in Alabama and where they look and and start looking at some scenarios. Cause now we're actually going to have the way that the committee views some of these teams and that will allow us to actually start having some of these debates on how things can play out down the road. So certainly looking forward to that, Jimmy, as always, I appreciate you hopping on here with me. Uh, this has been a lot of fun and I will talk to you tomorrow, man.
1: Looking forward to it. And thanks for listening guys. And be sure to get your uh, questions in just tweet at Clint R. Lamb tweet at, uh, little, little, letters, QB underscore country, or, or even the, uh, the BCS Bama, uh, site, or just come to the message board. If you're already a member and I hope you are, and, uh, you can ask us questions there on the board that we'll answer in the mailbag. Uh, we, we like the, the, more questions the better, uh, because the more we, 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 get to, uh, to choose. And then, uh, and then you'll hear your name, then you'll be as famous as me and Clint, uh, when you hear <laughs> your name on the podcast.
0: Hopefully people like you know, people don't say as many mean things to you as they do me, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right. Yeah, th- th- absolutely. Get your questions in. It's going to be a fun, con- it always is a fun conversation. I like just reacting to what you guys want to know way more than trying to say, okay, well, we're going to, cause I hopped on here for this uh, episode and I just said, Jimmy, we're just gonna kind of wing it. Uh, there's a couple of things on my mind we're gonna talk about, and and Jimmy just you know is able to run with anything. You you, you throw him anything, and he's gonna be able to pitch it back to you, no problem. So I knew that was gonna be the case. This has been fun, like I've said 12 times already, and and we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. So we appreciate you tuning in to the Bim on Three show. I'm your host, Clint Lamb.